0: Well, one of the favorite films that I've done recently is *The World Without You* with Suzanne Johnson, and it was an amazing—it's an amazing story about a family um, dealing with the, the the grief of the loss of, of the loss of their son who was executed by ISIS in uh, the Middle East. Mm-hmm.
1: Welcome to Best in Fest, and I'm Leslie Lepage, the director of the La Femme International Film Festival. And this is a podcast for people who are interested in learning all the dirty little secrets of uh, Hollywood and film and television. Today, I am, I am super happy to have on board Chris Mulkey. Um, an amazing actor best known for a basis of sex whiplash captain phillips twin peaks we could do an entire uh, episode just on twin peaks um castle rock uh broken trail any day now and boardwalk empire another great show but he really started off i think and maybe this isn't true launching um a big platform for you was winning the jury prize at sundance Let's talk about how you started off, because you're also a songwriter and multifaceted. Let's start off. Baby,
0: baby, baby. <laughs> Let's
1: break out into song. Um, how was that? You know, just you've had such a, a, a huge, um, massive career. Uh, you've been in the industry um, really as a fabulous working uh, actor bringing a lot to your parts and your characters in very unique ways. So, how was it when you started off and you you got this jury prize? Was that a big launching pad for you?
0: Well, first of all, the big launching pad was 10 years previous to that. I was at I was at the American Film Institute. Uh, with Ray Sharkey and Martin Brest. And uh, I was just hanging out there working on other people's films. I was working in a repertory theater company doing Moliere and Pirandello. And um, and uh, I, produced, uh, I produced a film at the theater called The Suitcase at the Minneapolis Children's Theater. And I took it to the American Film Institute. And I didn't have enough juice to get in there but i realized that you know phil was going to make his his film lisa was going to make her film and i could work on the crew and figure out how this whole film because i was a stage actor you know shall i compare thee to a summer's day there are more lovely and more temperate the rough winds do shake the darling buds of may and summer's lease hath all too short to date sometimes um so shakespeare um so 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 I'm hanging out there and having some drinks and stuff and and at the FI and working I took a sabbatical from the theater. So I'm staying at my guys my friends party pad in Hollywood which was, we won't that's that's a whole another that's a whole nother, that was the 70s 70s in Hollywood.
1: Right. Right oh we could definitely talk about that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Anyhow, so um, so when I was there, they said this cowboy actor is going to come and speak to us in the Graystone Mansion in the in the in the living room in this big mansion where it used to the AFM, AFI used to be. So I go to the, I go there and and who's there's only ten people. I'm the tenth of all the people at the AFI show up. Excuse me, show up for this Hollywood actor that did spaghetti westerns. He did a. Uh, for a few more dollars, and the good, bad, and the ugly, and he played Rowdy on uh, on um, Rawhide. His name was Clint Eastwood. So Clint Eastwood shows up, and I go, and I, you know, I met him. I, we're sitting talking. He goes around the room. What do you want to do? And he comes to me and he says, "Chris, what do you want to do?" And I said, "I said, well, I want to get over as an actor." That's exactly what I said. But I, but I'm a writer and I produced this film. He said, "Go back to Minneapolis when you're done here." and write your own film with you being the lead and produce it. Don't direct it. I said, okay, I will. So I went back to Minneapolis and um, and I, produ- I produced a film called, Patty, uh, called Loose Ends about two meatball mechanics in a, at a Chevy dealership. And the next year we won what became Sundance. We won the 1976... USA Film Festival, the grand prize, as well as Edinburgh, Berlin, Deauville, and Melbourne, Australia. And so th- so that's how I started. So in 70, 75, 76, I came out here with a film that had one of these prizes, and I got an agent and started working. And then 10 years later, we wrote a sequel, kind of a sequel to that film called Patty Rocks, starring... Uh, Myself, uh, my late wife Karen Landry, and a wonderful actor John Jenkins, who lives in Chicago, and we won the grand prize again at su- at Sundance.
1: That that's an amazing trek. <laughs> that's an amazing trek. So some of so these guys that you really started off with. Um, you know, how did that, you know, uh, parallel your track as they were, you know, growing as well in their, you know, acting and producing and directing?
0: You know, the acting in in, in Hollywood and in New York, too, um, because I've done a ton of uh, both, you know, um, it it's like playing in the NFL. It's, you know people get injured what happened to where did lisa she sprain her ankle i guess she's out well is phil available no he's i think he got picked up by atlanta i don't know i don't know where they are um people just drop by the wayside honestly lisa that i'm still working after all these years um wow i mean it's just like I don't even know, you know, thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Whoever's in charge up there, you know, it's good. You're doing this is good. This is good. Okay. I'll be right back. This is good. Okay. I'm back.
1: Um, Well, let's talk about how you tackle uh, a role because you did come from theater. And I think that really gives you a basis of, of how you approach these wonderful characters you've brought to life. What's your process?
0: I'm just well. I teach acting at the Ruskin Theater in uh, in uh, Santa Monica, so I'm, I'm just going to go into my my teacher mode here. Yeah, teacher mode. Yeah, because I taught at UCLA too. Yeah, God, 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 love the students. Well, Mulkey's here. Oh no, Mulkey's here. Really? No, I'm I'm pretty entertaining. Um, my process. Mm, a lot of people don't talk about their process. I'll just. I don't know. I've been doing it so long. Um, Okay, uh, I'm gonna step. Okay, I'm gonna do a movie with you and Phil. Okay, and uh, the three of us—it's a road trip. Okay, so all right, it's a road trip. All right. Um, why am I ask myself? Okay, the care of my character. I'm I'm going. Why why is why is the character there? What's he What does he want from this whole situation? What does he want? Um, and then, um, are there any? As a subtext, um, what's the, you know? Have I ever done a road trip? Yes, I have. Chris Mulkey has. Oh, okay, I got that. Have I ever known a, a person as fabulous as Lisa? Yes, I have. As a matter of fact. Um, and Phil, he's an ex convict, so I've known a couple ex convicts. just kidding, Phil. So you know, so bring what, whatever my life can bring into it, right? And then, um, then I learned the lines and figure out what I want from each scene and show up and be available for whatever changes it might be, there might be, you know. Oh, we didn't tell you you're Scottish. Oh, really? Oh, okay. okay. So, you know, stay loose, stay loose, but, but also, and have a passion and, you know, and going into it, do I want to do this? You know, I mean, there's three reasons to take. You know, first of all, what's the role in, in, the, in the gig, right? And where is it shooting? And what kind of money is there? OK, so there's three. That's actually Michael Caine. It's Michael Caine. But I agree with him.
1: Um, let's talk about what was your most, uh, you know, you've got such a wide gamut. What was your most challenging role that you've had to do? Either emotionally, physically, or just you know production-wise.
0: Wow, I've done a hundred. I think I've done a hundred and twelve movies.
1: The list is longer than my arm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but my most challenging couple, a couple most challenging uh, roles were. Um, okay, I'll talk about I'll talk about um, Captain Phillips. Um, Captain Phillips. We shot, we shot on, a, on a freighter. We shot on an actual freighter in the actual ocean off the coast of Libya. For, we were at sea for two months. And um, I could see and on freighters, you know, you, okay, Princess Cruises, we got that. Buffet, you know, all that stuff. And then you think of film sets. and uh, Okay, um, a freighter is a really, first of all, it's a dangerous place um because there's no accommodations really for extra people there's accommodations for 20 people and we had, we brought on board on the ship 40 people extra so people are out on the deck because you only be in the back of the ship you can't be in the front because that stuff shifts and people get killed um and then if you're at sea for a while um Actors lose their sense of humor and their sense of adventure because it's like making it. It's like making a movie on a freight train, okay, and and you and you're a bum, okay, and and or and you're riding there, yeah. It's, it was yeah. So, but um, I I I I I stowed away on a ship and went to France when I was nineteen. I sailed in the, in the China Sea. I sailed in the Caribbean. I sailed in the Pacific. I was fine, and so i I retained my sense of humor and i I'm had a good time. It's all right, you know, but I could see other guys, especially a lot of the british I love British actors, and they're lovely, but you know a lot of those guys um a lot of those guys lost their sense of humor and didn't want to act and um we're grumpy and Paul greengrass if you're if you're if you're not into it then you're out of it then you're forget about it you're not i'll use someone else thank you very much thank you thank you very much over there come come come, come. timmy come come no that's all right fine dude. go sit down <laughs> have, a, have a cup of coffee <laughs>
1: So what did you do with these 40 people? Were they sleeping in the, you know, in, in, uh, uh, on the back of the ship outside under the stars? Uh, you know, and how was, how did, that af- how did that affect the shooting? This, this, this craziness of being locked away on the ocean for two months?
0: Uh, well, we would, we would go, we would sail at, Lisa, we would sail at dawn. We'd sail at dawn from, from St. Julian's Harbor, right? At literally at dawn. And, all the guys that didn't want to be out on deck, or, which was most of them, crowded into a room about the size of your dining room, like asses and elbows, and just sat there and smoked cigarettes and played cards and, and actually chewed on each other. And I, me and, uh, and Angus McGinnis and Michael Chernis, a wonderful actor, and, uh, and Kapil, um, uh, we were all outside on deck talking to the Marines, and uh, we kind of chilled out. So we we did that, but you know there was also I just did a movie um, uh, called The Redeemer. It's a it's a it's an 1880s western, and um, we shot it in November and December in Livingston, Montana, um, just as winter descended on Montana, and that was pretty challenging too. Horses horses and guns um, in the cold. Um, horses riding horses in the ice and snow.
1: Uh, but you can ride, so it wasn't that horrible for you, but you did you have a horse that just wasn't down for trekking through the snow?
0: I had a great horse. Kelly was her name.
1: <laughs> okay. And Kelly Kelly, Kelly, <laughs> Kelly the horse. Ke-
0: <laughs> but Kelly Kelly was great. Kelly was great and Kelly was the right size for me because I'm I'm six one, so I'm a you know, a lanky kind of a lanky guy. And so they got a horse that I look great on. And the minute I swung up on Kelly, horses like me anyhow. I've done about eight. I've done eight westerns, right? And so you know, I walked up to Kelly and I went, I went, Kelly, and she goes, <laughs> and I went, yeah hi. And then I swung up on her. And you swing up on it the first time, and and then you stand up in the stirrups and you kind of sit down and, and sit down in the saddle. Then you really sit and you let your ass. Sit right down in the saddle, and Kelly went, oh. and that was it. We were in love, <laughs> that was it. That was it. <laughs> it was great, but um, but but yeah, and Kelly, uh, and when we were on some trails that were really icy and a little bit dangerous, and we shouldn't have been on there, but you know, that's they, we got to get this shot. And Kelly would, like, you know, f- she'd, you know, say, I just give her a head. Don't try to correct her. She, I'm just sitting here. And they'd go, they'd go Chris, um, you've been on the horse a You know, all the wranglers, are, they're all on their horses, you know, all the time. And, and, uh, and they go, Chris, you want to get off your horse? I mean, you've been sitting up there a long time. I said, two things, okay. First, I have a place to sit. And second, Kelly is warm, okay. You guys are freezing.
1: But what was your best experience on set? Best character, best experience that just stands out
0: well you know i have to say captain phillips i love the guy i played in Captain phillips john kernan i played a real guy um that but i did also i did i mean i'm going to way back machine but holly hunter and uh and i did we did uh, uh a movie called roe versus wade and i and um and so i i played the attorney that adjudicated the uh, the uh The case, you know, it was we won a bunch of Emmys and stuff like that. Um, Patty Rock's working with my late act, my late uh, wife uh, Karen Landry, and 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 my friend John Jenkins was uh, an amazing journey. And um, if you haven't, if your friends haven't seen it, it, it's amazingly it holds up. We did it. They honored me with a uh, lifetime achievement award. No, it's called the Local Maverick Award. And, uh, it's the Venice for with the Venice film, the other Venice film festival here in Venice, California. And so, and so we, sh- we screened the film and it really super holds up. And then, um, the next year I gave that award to, uh, Tony Bill, uh, who, uh, was an amazing producer for his, uh, being a local maverick cause he's a Venice guy too. And I worked with Tony Bill on a movie called that Chalice Theron won a, uh, was nominated for an Oscar, uh, called North Country, with uh, Jeremy Renner and and Woody Allen and my, uh, Woody uh, Woody Harrelson and uh, you know, Shalise and myself and yeah, really cool. Yeah, Rusty Swimmer was in that. Ooh, she's great. Yeah, I've done a lot. You know, it's like I you ask me a question, it kind of kind of spreads like you know spreads like wildfire.
1: <laughs> you have to go buffer, buffer, and then retrieve the file from from the brain. <laughs> <laughs> buffer, 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 where is that? Where is that? Where is that?
0: <laughs> we'll have dinner sometime, right? Okay. And then I'll be sitting there and every 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 story will start with. Um I was shooting in the Philippines one time. Um I was down in Mexico one time, show shooting. Um, I was in Minneapolis shooting this thing.
1: Do you do you find that you just you coordinate the uh, shows with the location, the films with the location? Like you know, that's that's what triggers that 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 story.
0: I'm going up to Vancouver in uh, in late in late July to uh, to work do some more work on a, on a series that's coming out on Amazon called The Power, and it's from the novel The Power. And Reed Moreno is the producer, director on that from Handmaid's Tale. And she is brilliant. And so I'm going back to Vancouver, but I've done like, I don't know, I don't know how many, at least 10 things in Vancouver over the years, including Rambo First Blood.
1: Classic for those that haven't seen, how dare you not see Rambo First Blood, classic film.
0: At the Wait pen in Venice, they call me Rambo because I was in the movie. What's up, Rambo?
1: As well they should. As well they should. Let's talk about like these the this iconic uh you know list of TV shows you've you've been on. Of course, the one that, you know, really comes to mind is the Twin Peaks. What was that like, you know, because at first it, it took a little it was a little bit of a slow burn, you know, that first season took a little bit to, to kind of take off. Uh, how was that experience? And, and I, there's a huge fandom still that follow Twin Peaks. Have you found that this really, you know, tracks you down when people, you know, recognize you in the food store?
0: Yeah, I was in uh, I was doing a TV series during the pandemic in 2020 in Belgrade, Serbia. And, and, uh, and, yeah, in Belgrade It a fabulous. No one was working in Hollywood, and I went to Serbia and did ten episodes of this great series called uh, "Mud on Your Tires." But more about that later. We were we were hitting the Balkans. They loved me in Estonia, <laughs> but but they would go, but they would. I think they had just re-released um, the entire series of Twin Peaks in in the Balkans somehow. And you are you are Hank. You are Hank. You are Hank. Are you? Tw- 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 You, Twin Peaks, Twin Peaks, Uh, yeah. There's a lot. There's a big life there. Um, But the 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 book on uh, so um, so Mark Frost and and David Lynch wrote Twin Peaks. I went to college with Mark Frost, and Mark Frost's dad Warren Frost was my directing teacher, and so my agent calls and said David Lynch and Mark Frost have this TV series called Twin Peaks. Uh, they want to see you for two characters, um either Jacques or um or Hank Jennings. Um you know, Thursday at 11. And I went it was D- David Lynch, I said I saw a razor head. I don't understand a razor head. I and I was stoned, but not that stoned, right? And I mean cuz you know i you know it's really cool, but I gotta go I don't know, and so then then the next then well, get back to me, okay, well, so then I read the material, and it's two characters, and if you're reading for two characters, they really don't know what they want, so I went, hmm, well, I knew this guy, Steve, who had done thirteen years in San Quentin for armed robbery. And, uh, and he worked, and I met him because I, when I was working in Berlin with Samuel Beckett. They called me up in the morning, are you going to the interview? I said, I, I don't know. He said, just go, just go, will you go? And so, um, so I went, and as I walked in, Carl uh, um, Okowitz was sitting outside, and he said, I, he, I said, what are you doing? What are you reading for? And they said, they had me reading for Hank Jennings and the Cajun guy. And I went, well, you're the Cajun guy and I'm Hank Jennings. I mean, what the heck? He said, yeah, I think so. So, so when I went inside, they said, what do you want to read for? I said, um, I want to read for Hank Jennings. Well, who, which character do you want to read first? And I said, I'm only reading for Hank Jennings because Carl outside is, is the Cajun guy, the guy, he's sitting out there. Right. And, um, so I'll just going to do this guy. And so I did it and they liked it. and And then I went on and did it. and, and, okowitz hates when i tell this story because he says in in london he said he said Malkey, i don't need your help getting it th- i i said you don't know you don't need you you're brilliant i know i just i'm telling you what happened you know it's like you know come on so but anyhow so we so we went and did the did the series and it was great and there was 28 actors in that cast and they were all like amazing russ Tamlin and and oh God, i mean everybody was just great and um and um I, it was a great ride uh, it was the birth of magical realism writing in television it was that that it opened that, in, that to open that entire door and that was really cool to be part of that right
1: well that's his forte you know this is Forte, and it had such a huge following. Still today, the fandom on Twin Peaks is is huge. Do you still get reached out uh, by fans, you know, asking tidbits and morsels, uh, you know, about the filming and your character?
0: I just got some mail. I got some. F- We're gonna get some fan mail from someone. Where? From where? Is this from? From oh God. From Gulfport, Florida, and she said, please sign this picture.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: That's Hank. Look at that. Hank Jennings.
1: So sexy. Well, we're shouting out to all those in Florida, (laughs) all the fandoms
0: in Florida. I just came back from Florida. Every year I do the the Murray brothers, uh, Bill and Joel and... uh, and Brian Doyle were invite me to the uh, the Caddyshack charity event where I play golf. And then I play music. And, um, and so I just came back from Florida, from Jacksonville, St. Augustine. It was great down there. I love it.
1: Let's talk about your music. You song songwriter and you've had a lot of songs that have been on television. Was that something that you were always doing, you know as a kid through college? Was this something that bit you a little later? Where How did that start?
0: Music started with me uh, There was one radio station in my little town, KCID in, it came out of Sioux, Sioux City, Iowa. and it played all these, these the, all these Elvis and, um, and uh, Jerry Lee Lewis and, um, and on the wings of a snow White dog. She sends here, pure sweet love, a sign from above. You know, all this country stuff, and and I loved it all. And it was like made me crazy. So um, I started playing guitar when I was seventeen, and I was. They played harp, and then I hung around with. Um, um, I had a lot of friends who uh, were in music, and uh, they played blues, and it was the and they were African American, Willie Weeks and Bobby Lyle. Uh, they're wonderful musicians. They went on to play with like the Rolling Stones and you know kept signed with Capitol Records. But in St. Paul, there were the, these clubs, and when I was a kid, these clubs, if you were if you were white, you didn't go there. You just didn't go there, and and uh, it didn't bother me. I mean, they were my friends, and um, and they liked the way I played music, and so. I played at uh, all the black clubs, all the black blues clubs in Minneapolis, St. Paul with these guys. Not all of them, but a lot. And um and my friend Joey Davis, who was um, a friend of Ahmad Erdogans and Capitol Records guys, uh he was my my wingman and Joy was this great African American friend of mine and uh and so that started off my appreciation. I, I you know, you know, you know, I, you know, spent the night, you know, with, you know, Tina Turner and Ike and Tina Turner. You know, I met Jimi Hendrix. I, you know, it's like, it's crazy. So anyhow, so I'm writing songs and I, I'm playing in bands, you know, but not a big deal because I started becoming an actor. And I did a movie with Chris Columbus in 1988 in Austin, Texas, called Heartbreak Hotel with David Keith and... Um, And a songwriter by the name of Jerry Jeff Walker, who wrote Mr. Bojangles and a lot of things, the late, great Jerry Jeff Walker, Um, I was playing him my songs, and he went, well, Mulkey, you better get serious about this. I mean, you can write a song. And I went, wow, okay. And so that's what I did. I started writing. It's just like Clint Eastwood said, go make your movie. And I went, so I started... So I've sold about, uh, fast forward, I've sold about, I don't know, like 40 songs to TV and movies. I have eight CDs out that are on Spotify. And, um, you know, and uh, and I put a song in The Power, um, this this thing that's coming out uh, called Barbecue Jump, which is a really a cute song. And I play mandolin guitar. Um, you know, I play lead guitar, finger pick, slide guitar, Delta Blues, you know.
1: So do you feel you missed your your calling? You feel your your path should have gone that way instead of this way? I mean,
0: nah, nah, I just I'm I'm like this, you know. You know in football, you know, the guy runs and then he falls down and then the then the guy then he th- gives the referee the ball and the ball the, the the referee puts the ball down on the ground and then the referee blows the whistle and he goes And that's me. I'm I'm like Dude, whatever, you know, nah, we're going this way.
1: Where do you see yourself in five years? What, what haven't you done? Where do you want to go? What What is left to be, you know, untapped?
0: Oh, tons of stuff. I've been writing uh, plays at the Ruskin Theater. We have this thing called the Cafe Plays, which uh, every third Sunday of the month, five writers get together at a cafe, and they're given a common theme, um, Memorial Day. And they they're given two actors at random, Lisa and Phil, and I have to write a play about Memorial Day in three hours for you two. you know, about ten pages, right? And then I write it, and a director gets it, and he produces it, and he, they rehearse it for about five hours, and then all five plays go up at once. So I've done about 50 of those plays, and recently I did a play about uh, the situation in the Ukraine, and and um, you know, and it's uh, it. So I'm going to direct. I'm going to direct uh, the film of that. So I'm going to do that in June, and uh, that's going to be great. So I'm going to direct that. Yeah, and then uh, then um, and I have I'm, I'm going to go in the studio and record down in Nashville because I'm writing a song with a guy down in Nashville. But in five years, um, I'll probably have directed and. A, a feature. I have a feature that I that I'm writing that I'll probably direct, and uh, and also my my script that I'm writing right now. It's I'm a writer too. Um, called Meridian. It's about the church bombings in Mississippi in 1968 and 69, when they were bombing the the African American churches, and then the Jewish community got involved and started rebuilding those churches and. Um, and so they started bombing the synagogues and uh, the rabbis' homes. And uh, so it's a biopic about this um, direct, uh, this detective from the Meridian Police Force who um, goes after the Klan and breaks the back of the Klan. So I've been writing that for three years with my friend uh, Jimbo Barnett, and he's from Meridian. And my aunt used to live in Mississippi, and I have relatives down there. So it's pretty comfy and it's a great screenplay. So we're out.
1: Yeah. I can't wait to, to have that one. Last couple of questions. Um, what's your advice for young filmmakers, actors, musicians coming up the ranks? What would you give them?
0: Moment by moment. Um, know your stuff. Know your stuff. Um, don't just open your mouth uh, unless you, Open your mouth when you have something to say, and also people don't really need to know how you feel about anything. they don't need to know, and don't so don't give it away don't look you know what what you know what are you in your situation what are you trying to do okay, do that, yeah, pick something, do something you know yeah. It, it, people go. I want to be everything. You know. I want. I don't know. You've heard that, right? I want to be. I you know. I want. At least I want. I want to sculpt, but I want to paint, but I want to watercolor, but I want to do Japanese, but I also want to act, but I want to do Kabuki, but I want to be a ballet dancer. You know. Yeah. Really? You're screwed. <laughs> yeah. This guy. This is amazing. I was in. I was in New York. And um, I ran into this guy, this older guy. I, he must have been 40. Um, <laughs> <you> know, <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> I was doing my first play in New York, and I haven't, haven't done a ton of plays in New York, uh, at the Café La Mama. And I went uptown because my girlfriend's dad knew this guy who was a cartoonist for The New Yorker, Dave Pascal. And I haven't said that name in... I don't even know. How, I don't even, how. Where did that even come from? And... Um, Dave Pesco, very nice guy. And we're sitting, we're in a deli somewhere in, you know, in the upper, upper East Side. Very nice guy. And um, he asked me about what, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I want to be an actor. and But, I'm, but I play music. I'm a musician. I rock out. And you know, I dig this and that. He says, just pick one. Pick one and do that. And so I picked acting.
1: What a great piece of advice. So thank you, Dave. <laughs> thank you, Dave what a great piece of advice I want to thank you so much for coming on Best and Fest um, and for everyone tapping in you can see the video component on the LaFemme uh, International YouTube channel you can listen to this on all the uh, podcast platforms thank you so much uh, Chris Mulkey for giving us your wisdom I know you've got uh, um, The World Without You a film that you were in has its worldwide release on real women network uh june 11th uh showing on
0: jewish life television as well a fabulous film we didn't even talk about that if you then just good just go yeah. see that film
1: so tell me about oh the world without you
0: well one of the favorite films that i've done recently is the world without you with suzanne johnson and it was an amazing it's an amazing story about a family um dealing with the, the, the grief of the, loss of, of the loss of their son, who was executed by ISIS in uh, the Middle East. But it was, it, it was all about a family coming to grips with their collective um, joy and sorrow. And that was an amazing journey for me. And it was really well written. And if you haven't seen it, um, you're in for a treat. It's really great. Great journey. Yeah.
1: Great journey. And people can see it on the Real Women's Network uh, June 11th. And it's also showing on Jewish Life Television uh, Saturday, June 11th at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time, right before Father's
0: Day. If you don't like it, I'll buy the pizza. (laughs) There you go. That film's fabulous.
1: Yeah, it's fabulous. Um, And I want to thank you again so much for coming on Best in Fest. Chris
0: Mulkey.